Hello, strangers on the internet, looking into the mirror, wondering what the next day will bring. Welcome to yet another bombastic episode of Now That's What I Call a Video Games Podcast. Today's episode, Now That's What I Call an Online Persona. Today we talk about the differences between playing on a couch versus online, the behaviors and traits we take on when playing around on the internet, and what to do when that transformation results in disruptive trolling and other weird things. I'm Andrew Fasciano, and fun fact, my favorite superhero is the classic Mr. Batman. Or Mr. Wayne. <laughs> Wait, Drew, you just gave it away. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's a secret. It, it's been it's been an open secret for a long time. It's not exact. I I don't I don't think anyone in Gotham is like, geez, I wonder where Mr. Wayne went and why he's covered in blood today. Oh uh, man, maybe it's because he was hanging out with that Batman fellow. Ah, uh, uh, those those ruffians. <laughs> uh, my name is Adam, uh, and my favorite superhero. All right, quick question. Were we putting any qualifiers on this or just superhero in general? It has to be a classic superhero. Like, ah, Jesus. Like uh, you, can't, you, you can't cheat and say someone from Overwatch. You, you no. can't do that. I was going to say... Okay, so is all of Marvel and DC on the table? All of Marvel and DC is on the table. Ah, all Jesus. of them. Okay, so this might as well have been comic book one. Uh, shit. Um, okay. Zach, take it, because I don't have one at the moment. <laughs> okay, um, so I would say my Wait, favorite... who are you? Oh, oh, right. Hello, everyone. I am Zach. <laughs> um, and my favorite superhero is... Mmm, it's a, it's a tough one, but it's either, um... It's either gonna be Beast Boy or Raven. Ooh. Mostly because I really liked Teen Titans, and those were my two favorite characters from that show. Are oh, you... Okay. Are you hip on the new movies they've made, where they've they've they kind made of movies? Gone, yeah, they've made Teen Titans movies, but not with the cartoon show you done grew up and loved, with sort of this like more comic book related thing. I don't oh, know. Okay. I, I've seen some of it. They've got Damian Wayne in there. Um, yeah, sorry, huh. that's like the more like they're more grown up or something. They're not really teens anymore. Oh. Yeah, but they kind of call them. They kind of just call them the Titans. Nightwing's kind of like showing up like, oh, you young kids don't know what it's like. Hey, Rabble Rabble. Oh, yeah, you know, not, not quite Rabble Rabble, but, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's All a right. little different. They're kind of pairing people up a little differently. Gotcha. Okay. Um, anyways. We, we don't know Adam's superhero yet. Yeah, we don't. We gotta know. We need to All know. Right. I don't know if he's my favorite, but he's the one I'm thinking of right now. I really like Booster Gold. <gasps> Booster oh, right, that Gold, guy. protecting the past to ensure my future. He's like, you son of a bitch. Adam, <laughs> Adam Booster Gold is beautiful, but a little bit obscure. Can you elaborate a bit more on who this guy is? So I only know him from the Justice League Unlimited uh, animated series, and a little bit from a card game called Versus, which was a uh, short-lived trading card game where it was DC versus Marvel characters. And from what I know of Booster Gold... He's essentially this guy that came back to the came back to the past from the far future in this like super suit, and he's not really here to protect people because it's the right thing to do. He's not really here to be like you know a time force kind of guy. He's from everything the show told me. He's basically here like look in the future. I got everything set. I need to come back to the past to make sure everything's fine. I got it. Like look, don't ruin this for me. All right. I'm going to protect the innocent because you're eventually going to have to make me real cool later. It's like, oh my god. So he's a very self-serving hero. 
Now, I may be entirely fr- like misremembering this, but I remember the one episode of Justice League Unlimited painted in like that, and it was like, oh my god. Booster Gold is amazing. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty stellar. It's like, what a, what a jackass. I remember many a meme with Booster Gold. In any case... How are y'all doing this week, or I suppose this week plus the last, since it's been a while since we've chatted over the internet? Yeah. Do, do we want to? Do we want to enlighten people why, or just, or we leave that in the shroud of? Uh... We already started, so we have to finish it now, Adam. Okay, so last week there were audio issues. I think, I think, I I did not actually help in fixing them. This is this was mostly Drew and Adam. Thanks, Zach. Um, My and, mic yeah, was sorry. possessed by a strange demon. Uh, we don't quite know how we exercised it, but I stopped sounding like a robot and started sounding like a real boy, and, um, that was, that was why you didn't get to hear us last week. I'm it's sorry. It's a true, true Pinocchio story. <laughs> yeah, true. I just want to bring something up, Zach. Oh, yeah? Just because people mention something doesn't mean you need to go full bore on it. It's like saying, huh, I wonder if I could jump that gorge. You don't actually have to jump no, the gorge I think, now. I think, you can, okay, listen, listen, you man. You can walk away. If you if you pique the curiosity of the audience, you must deliver on that curiosity. You or else, have, come on, oh, they, you don't have to do nothing. They, what Are if the person th- listening right now is like, now that I know that these people aren't recording in a one room each week, that's it. I'm leaving. I think the, the fact that broken. we've alluded to the fact <laughs> that we're in separate buildings every time probably breaks that level of immersion as well. It probably, <laughs> probably absolutely demolishes it. <laughs> Okay, guys, audience members, here's the thing. We're all kidding. We're actually in a room right now looking at each other. It's a giant meta joke is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, really. Oh, shit. We should have saved this for the meta episode. Ah, dang. Anyways, so let's... Maybe we should start talking about our weeks. And I I have many things to say about my week. I want to go first. (laughs) Why don't you go right ahead then, Mr. Zachary? So, hey, guys. Um... I've been playing a lot of video games. You get right out of town. Oh no! Anyways, I I finished uh, near Automata. I think I talked about playing it the last time we recorded, but I yeah. most definitely did like the bulk of my playthrough of that game after that recording. Um, that was a very fun game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I found it to be fun to play. I found the the nuances of the game interesting. I found a lot of the mechanical uh, bits to be really well integrated. Um, Is that because they're robots? Yes, obviously. I, and I actually, I really love the 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 ways that the game turned the metaphor that you're a robot into a reality in game. Hmm. Um, and I think th- there's a lot of other aspects to it too. But then I'd be I'd just be like headlong into spoiler territory, so I don't think I want to talk about it. But is anyways, it one of those things? Really like, fun. You can't really talk about it without like giving away like huge portions of it. Uh, it. yeah. I, I would just say uh, the only thing that that kind of caught me was I think up until about the uh, it like there was a certain point in the game where I'm like this is feeling a little repetitive, mm-hmm. um and there was one particular thing that I found interesting to begin with and it slowly started to drain on me and I slowly started to like avoid that specific aspect of the game. Please tell um, me it wasn't the fishing. It, I unfortunately I gave up the fishing really quickly. Oh. Um. I really should just start up a new game of, of, of that just so I can just go do recordings of me fishing. Anyways, but hey, gotta go do some big bias. Mm. Anyways. Uh, oh, sorry. I just had a few questions, yeah. but you were going to say something. Yeah, dude. Go with your questions. I was done. Uh, so let me ask. So one, 
how many endings did you get? Uh, like seven. Like seven? I think I, I was trying to avoid talking about endings, but yes. Oh no, no! no I was just gonna say, like, do you know how many endings there are? Twenty-six. So, yeah, I don't know if you caught that, Drew. <laughs> there are twenty-six different endings you can get for this game. One for every letter of the alphabet. You have to understand that I've talked to Zach outside of this this uh, this podcast, and he's actually talked a bit about Nier. And by a bit, I yeah. mean quite a lot. So I'm, I, I'm I all caught up it. on the hipness of it. Uh, I also hear talk that you done played a little bit of this thing called Persona, you know, something yes. you kind of like. Oh, I don't man. know. Adam, well, those questions are playing... dead then. Never mind. Adam, have you been playing Persona? Uh, so I've been hella busy with my week with a bunch oh of stuff, God. so I ha- I've only played like the first two maybe three hours i just got to the school so i'm not i'm not that far at all i Uh, i have beaten i have beaten the second dungeon um i'm pretty far in and can i just tell you adam Mm -hmm. adam you are in for you are in for some fun because literally every character in persona 5 is fucking baller they are amazing human they they are amazing people Um, so far i've liked everybody i've met uh your uncle seems like a dick however he's not your uncle isn't he your uncle? The guy no, who, he's like, not. You're not related to him at all. Oh, then who the hell is he? He's basically... Um, he's just some guy that your take... parents knew? It, he's some guy that your parents' friend knew. Oh, I totally thought he was your uncle. I misread yeah. that. I was like, wow, this guy's hella weird, and how did he not know about me? And what a shit. Yeah, no. He's... he's. I, I found it to be kind of a shit um, as well. Wait, wait. Have you have you spoken to the principal and, and like, your school teacher? Uh, I think I just talked to the school teacher. Uh, I think the last thing I did was one of the first uh, characters, Ryu- Ryoji, came up and was like, hey, meet me on the roof. And then, like, that's about oh, okay. all I got to do because I was hella yeah. tired and Wait, I just haven't had time to go back. You, you did not think both the principal and, and your school teacher are both just kind of assholes? <laughs> well, okay, let me rephrase that. I like that the characters are, like are already like, oh, these guys seem pretty interesting. But no, yeah, there are they are huge jackasses. Yeah, no, uh, I've, I took this into consideration. Up until you run into Ryuji, almost every single character in the game is just a giant dick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like, Drew, just to... Do you know kind of the, the setup for the narrative? Again, uh, I, I understand it. Zach has been actually trying to sell me very hard on both Nier and Persona 5, and he's been doing a crackerjack that. job. Um, <laughs> he showed me this guy called uh, Captain Kid. And yeah, yeah, he I feels do. like my spirit animal, and I kind of just want. That's like the. I just want. I want. I want him in my life. Like, I think um, isn't that a? That's one of the personas, isn't it? That is one yeah, of the personas. Um, and apparently, he's the I, persona of a really annoying character. But oh, I don't what care. I like that guy. No, so no, 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 no. Captain Kid is Ryuji's fucking persona, I, and that's not really spoilers, Adam. Like, there's pictures oh, no, like, of Ryuji with his with that persona. Like, I got the I got the box, and there's a picture of Ryuji, and then right above him is this pirate-looking guy. Yeah, exactly. So I already knew That's, that. Yeah, so Ryuji, I think I was, I was describing him to Drew is that he's 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 the Yosuke of the, of of your companions. Mm. But I, I to clarify it again to Drew, my difference the difference between Yosuke, who I found super annoying, <gasps> Ryuji. How could you hate Yosuke? Broske is so cool. Oh you take God. that back. I found him so annoying. Um, anyway, so like Ryuji is just fucking baller, like every single member of your party. Yeah, mm. he seems pretty cool so far. Like, I, so like I said, I I got through, I got through the 
very, very start of the tutorial. I got through the your first kind of romp through one of the dungeons. I don't think it's done yet. I think this was just the... Because uh, there's a point where you're now. going to your first day of school, and you meet up with this guy, and you walk, go down an alleyway, and all of a sudden you're in some weird castle thing, and it turns out that it, it's a dungeon. I find we'll it... Su- surprise. I, I do uh, want to say, the entire reason that you get stuck in the dungeon initially is because you butt-dialed an app. Oh, that's clever. Okay, I, I, don't know, to, I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> I will have to uh, either rewatch that scene or play further. I didn't catch yeah. that. No, 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 it, it, doesn't, it never comes up again, but, like, your character puts mm. his phone away, and he puts it into his back pocket, but you can see as it's getting put into his back pocket, um, the app that brings you into the, uh, into the, the shadow world um, mm. is, like, turning on, Oh, okay. And so, That's... <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he butt dialed into that into that in, in, into that instance. Yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten up to the part where they explain what that app is. So, uh, I'll oh, have to, okay. I mean, I kind of figured that it was something like that. Yeah, no, uh, I I pieced that one together really quickly. I was just like, yeah. oh yeah, that's how they that's how they're getting there. <laughs> you know, yeah. there, there's something kind of sad about all this as you talk about Persona and the game that I'm going to eventually get, is I can't think of everything that I don't understand when you guys talk about as just Persona anymore, because now yeah. I now I get to play Persona and actually know what it is. Oh, boy. So, so the magic's oh kind of gone. No, <laughs> the magic has just started. Time oh no. to make some social links, bro. Like, so, I, I understand that the magic of understanding Persona is just beginning, but the magic of not understanding it was like a really... It, it's like growing up and losing my naivete. Like... I'm never going to be that innocent ever again. Well, you're going in this a bit much more than I thought you would, but okay. Yeah, you're, you're digging down. Um, so, so I do want to. I do want to say uh, this Persona game r- does an insanely good job of integrating. Like they, they already usually Persona games are good about this. They integrate. They're really good at integrating like the social aspect and the sort of uh, non-social and sort of like the combat and the, the mm. Persona fusions. Um, this game does a stupidly good job of it. Um, additionally, holy crap, like, get ready to, like, ambush almost every enemy you encounter in this yeah, game. Yeah, I heard that's, like, almost necessary in some parts where you need to be ambushing dudes all the time. Yeah, um, I, I'm ambushing dudes all the time and I'm a little overleveled, which is fine, I'm playing on normal, I expected that. But, like, you need to be ambushing every single enemy you come across. It's not super hard to ambush them. I'll kind of give it that. Especially, uh, I, I'll talk, uh, you know what, I'll let you run into that aspect on your own. But it's Yeah, so, uh, hopefully uh, <laughs> this up, this upcoming week I'll be able to play more of it and I'll have a better opinion of it. I do uh, I do have some opinion. Like, I, I got to the point where, where I added a member to the party. Um, also, she's on the cover. Um, the, the, the blonde girl who's on the cover. And my opinion of her is that also completely baller. I did not expect that. Like, I wasn't expecting to like these characters as much as I currently like them. Like, oh, that's really good to hear. Yeah, I played th- I played through Persona Three, and there were characters I was like, I don't like these people that much. Or um, okay, okay, but for real talk, real talk, real quick. <laughs> what was your opinion on Junpei, who was basically the Yosuke of Persona Three? He was the Yosuke of Persona Three. I actually liked him more than Yosuke. Yeah, I'll, I'll accept that. Yeah, I'll accept that one. <laughs> yeah, like, I, like in Persona Four, um, I was, I, I didn't like Rise as much, and then I found Yukiko kind of boring, and I didn't like Yosuke that much. Like so far, in terms of like all the people I've run across, like 
they all seem really fucking cool. I like mm. I'm like holy shit. If I were in high school, I would want to hang out with these people. But could you? Um, or are they too cool for you? There will be an NPC that comes up that I can relate myself to. Um, <laughs> you might have run across him. His name's Mishima, but it. Uh, no, you'll see. I, I am. I am most like that dude. <laughs> when I see him, be like, oh, look at Zach. No, it's. <laughs> That'd be great. Anyways, so how was how was your week, Adam? I probably took up way too much time talking about mine. Ah, uh, it's okay. Uh, let's see. What did I do? I played. Like I said, I played a little bit of Persona. I was really excited for that one. Uh, I ended up being more. I ended up being busier than I thought it would be, uh, just because I have a bunch of stuff coming up. Uh, next weekend, I have a wedding I'm going to. I think we mentioned before, so I'm getting stuff mm. set up for that. And then, uh, yeah, I think, Drew, you're going to be at that, yeah? I am. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh... Uh, one thing I totally have forgotten to do and I still need to do is I haven't found, like, a hotel or something, so I can, like, go do that. Oh, you know, I was... Oh, yeah. We we can talk after this, because I, I have a few ideas of what I'm going to do about that. And there All are... right, Drew, I'm going to... I'm going to cut you off. I don't want to live in a box mansion. Uh, don't worry, Adam. <laughs> that's that's one of my later plans, and the other ones I have are more likely to come come to be. So I think you'll okay. be fine. Okay, thank God. I, never again that box mansion. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a nice hostel by Pigeon Point, um, and it's relatively affordable, and it's really... It's nice. All I don't right. know. We'll, you know, we'll chat, and maybe we'll figure something out. So I got to do that. Uh, we did Easter at my place, so, we ha- so I've been eating, like, tons of candy. Um, oh boy! There, so my office had this little Easter thing, and there was this huge chocolate bunny that they put as the centerpiece of their little Easter display. Ooh. And I walked in, and like, it, I, people must not have been in the office for more than an hour, and somebody had already come by and like broken one of the ears off, but didn't eat it, just broke it off and left it there. What? Like, That's the cruel. Wrong? It's like the fuck's wrong with you? But now this <laughs> rabbit is destroyed and broken. Now it's open season. So I'm pretty sure I just ate, like, maybe a foot-tall, hollow chocolate rabbit. Holy was it, crap. Was it, like, Listen. a communal chocolate rabbit? Like, was everyone allowed to take little bits and pieces of it? They were? I don't know if they did. Well, uh, we do know that Adam ate all of it. Listen. Listener on the podcast, people who might work with me, that rabbit was delicious. Y'all had your chance. <laughs> uh, in terms of games, uh... Since, since I've been busy with work, since we're getting release stuff and just kind of been around, I've been playing a lot more of that Fire Emblem Heroes game. Uh, that's that's a lot of fun. It's just kind of a nice little time waster kind of deal. Yeah, sounds uh, cool. Very cool. I, I seen, I've seen a couple movies recently. Uh, I ended up seeing Your Name. That's the It's an anime one from... Uh, I don't know what studio it is, but it's like... It is the most... It's the highest grossing anime movie, like, ever. I think it surpassed, like, Studio Ghibli and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really good. It's really well an. Do you know the premise of that one, Drew? Uh, from what I understand, it's a, like, two people swap their lives and they try to find each other. That's what I got yeah, from the trailer. That, that's, like, okay. a super basic breakdown of that. It, it, you know, these people wake up and find out that oh hey i'm in this other body and these two keep switching so they eventually are like trying to kind of cope with that and then all of a sudden it like just stops and then they're like oh crap we gotta like i want to find that person and there's this whole other like storyline that starts up when that happens uh that i don't really want to get into because that because like part of the reason this movie worked like i really liked it i thought it was really cute kind of kind of movie i think there's like one really big twist but for the most part you can kind of 
tell where stuff happens, but the ending's mm-hmm. like re- the ending is really satisfying, which is surprising uh, because I guess this director usually does these movies that end on like really down notes, and this one's like, <gasps> yes, the world is good, everything's everything's fantastic. Maybe. Aww. Well, that maybe. What's the maybe at the end there? Oh, I don't know. You know, I'll I'll have to watch it. I'm, I'm I was kind of on the fence because it it looked like it was really pretty, but I don't know if the premise was something that I was like, oh, I can enjoy this for like two hours or however long it is. Yeah. If I can quote, if I can quote Drew from when we saw Ghost in the Shell, um, I believe he said, I, I believe I said, man, that movie poster looks really anime, and then Drew was like, yeah, it does look really anime. Uh, so your name was really really good. I highly recommend it. Um. The other movie I saw was I actually went and saw the live-action Ghost in the Shell movie. Uh, did you guys see that? Yeah, we did. Uh, okay, so I want to take some time. What did you guys think? I, as someone who didn't see the original, thought it was a serviceable piece of cyberpunk blockbuster fare, while also uh-huh. watching it with two people who seemed very upset about it. Who, uh, can I ask, who did you go see it with? I saw it with Zach, and I saw it with Keenan. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Zach, what did you think? Um, it, it had been a long time since I saw anything Ghost of the Shell related, but when I was watching it, I, I had this sensation, I had this feeling that, like, this doesn't seem right. Mm. Um, and, and I, I, I felt that kind of going all the way through the movie. I, I, I did notice what Drew thought as well. Like, this did, it was an absolutely serviceable blockbuster movie, mm-hmm. but it took away from a lot of the, it, it, it felt like it was taking away from a lot of what made Ghost in the Shell Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. Um. It, it took away some of the sort of, um, and and this is I'm getting this a little bit more from a from a video I watched about it later, um, but it, it took away from a lot of the like positives of transhumanism, which yeah. was a bit of a theme in, in Ghost in the Shell. I mean, what what did you think, Adam? So let's see, I, I saw it maybe last week, and I kind of had a I had a very similar opinion. Um, so I've I've seen Standalone Complex, which is the series. I've seen the new anime, uh, the new uh, anime series arise but i actually realized i don't think i've ever actually seen the original movie which i guess is some differences from the series uh overall though i think the hollywood version it, I, I agree with you guys totally it's a i thought it was a actually pretty decent like cyberpunk movie like it's a really good cyberpunk movie it's just not really good i would not okay. Uh, hold okay on, hold on. so i think it's a I think it was a pretty decent, like, pretty good, like, on its own cyberpunk thing. But, like, that's, like, it's not really Ghost in the Shell, or if it was, it, it was very, very shallow from, like, Ghost in the Shell. Uh, I agree, like, I, I think I know which video you're talking about, Zach. And no. it does seem a lot more down on transhumanism, whereas the entire, like, original movie from everything I've read and kind of the bits and pieces I have seen, because it's one of those movies I've seen, like, chunks of but never beginning to end the curse of youtube yeah it seemed more like hey this is like going to happen and what will happen to like human identity when it does whereas the hollywood one was like don't lose your identity ever and stuff like that and yeah that's, that's what were you gonna say um I, I was about to say that um there were while it used a lot of really good shots um it, there were some really nice well composition shots uh some of the action scenes were pretty good i don't think I, just as a movie on its own, separate of the whole Ghost in the Shell thing, I don't think it rises to the level of like that was a 
that was like that was a really solid movie i would just say mm. yeah, it was okay uh to me i'm a big sucker the thing is like i think you i think zach and i think all of us are pretty big fans of cyberpunk i'm more just a sucker mm. of any mm. cyberpunk thing like like i said as a movie it's not great but it had that vibe and that feel that like cyberpunk does and i really liked that but it was yeah. one of those movies like when i walked out of the theater i was like yeah that was pretty good and then the more i molded over it's like yeah but like why did they do some of these things <laughs> The entire the entire sequence with her mom was weird, and it felt so wrong. Uh, I don't know. I actually kind of like that. I, I, what are you gonna say, Drew? Oh, I like as far as the part with the mom. I thought, like, my thoughts were, you know, I see what's happening here. It kind of happened very suddenly, and I feel like there should have been a lot more build up to it. Uh, overall, I feel like I'm kind of with you in the sense where this, to me, I don't have a lot of attachment to Ghost in the Shell. I just see like a really like a pretty blockbuster movie about cyberpunk and it's kind of pretending to be about something but i don't like yeah. it to me it didn't feel like it really was to me it felt like this is a very pretty thing to watch uh it's not something you're supposed to sit very pensively on and think about maybe something you have on in the background when you have some friends over like yeah. like that kind of film that aspect of it the fact that it is is just kind of a dumb hollywood movie is i think what is going to like what annoys me most about it because its source material is not dumb. Mm. It's not, it's like Ghost in the Shell is not a dumb set of material. It's talking about things and it's trying to make messages and things like that. And it's just like, it feels like, I don't know, it feels like the cheap commodified version of Ghost in the Shell. Mm -hmm. And that, I think that always is just going to feel kind of wrong. So also, I have a couple of points on this. Uh, one, you know, part of the reason I really like I like the first movie uh, again of the parts I've seen and read is that it it is it is very a kind of deep and kind of thoughtful movie. Um, I will say, you know, Hollywood movies tend to try to get out into a really broad audience, and Ghost in the Shell has kind of always had this problem of being very dense for people to get into. So, the one thing I'll say for it being a little shallower is. If the intent was for this to start a franchise, I could see their first entry being shallower than it, than its original source material, if only to kind of get people in, and then if they were ever to do a sequel, maybe, you know, in an ideal world, then they'd start doing a lot more of the uh, kind of philosophizing stuff, where it's like, okay, mm -hmm. we need to get people comfortable with, like, like, the Hollywood American audience is comfortable with, like, this kind of setup, and then we'll, like, start examine stuff because a lot of hollywood movies don't i guess they just don't like big blockbuster they don't do that on the first run My, i i i kind of have a rebuttal of that like if their intent was being like oh we really like the ghost in the shell themes and we want to to include that in the movie and and, and or sort of like and we want to do that in future movies going forward then why would they like take some of the central tenets of ghost in the shell and then completely invert them like it that that feels like it's it, it like, feels wh like which parts are you specifically talking about? The a lot of the, about the transhumanism stuff. Um, it took certain aspects, like it made the main character special, whereas in the in the original movie and all the other mm. stuff, she's just sort of a generic android. Right. It in the did... original one, for people who don't know, there's a process called shelling, which is taking your bot, your brain, and putting it in a cyber brain, and then putting it in any kind of shell. And in the original movie, this is done to like anybody. And in here, she's like the first version of that yeah oh uh, see i didn't get that at all like i 
I thought this was like a bold experimental thing that they were doing, and I thought yeah, that that's... was a core part of the original material. Oh no, so not at that's all. That's an interesting change. I well, have no idea. Yeah, so that one can rub people the wrong way, and it it does take away some of that because in the original, there's actually a scene where the major is in just she's just in a run of the mill body, and there's a scene where she actually happens to see the exact same body on display, um, and you know that kind of, and then it's like, hey, if anybody can have your exact body, who are you actually, kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, so but, and I feel like but that I feel central like, sort of theme about like questioning who are you and what you're supposed to be doing. I think it gets brought up, but I think this movie takes it from the opposite end of things than than the original Ghostbusters. The original Ghostbusters takes it from a sort of like, well, this is how it is. How do we sort of cope with this, or sort of how do you accept this? Whereas this movie is more about like rejecting that notion and saying no, but I'm actually a real person. Here's my real identity. Well, I would say. The first, in this one, having her be the first one leads it easier to kind of get into if they were trying to, like, again, you got to realize they're going for a broader audience. So having a broader audience, like, having her be the first one allows them to kind of set that stuff up if they were to ever to go forward with it. Now, I agree, there is this kind of message of, they do try to ask, like, you know, what makes you, you? And uh, it, the Hollywood movie goes for, like, you know, your memories, like, what you did in your past doesn't define you. It's what in your present, your actions now. That opens up a whole thing. But like, they kind of scrape that first lining and don't do with it. So I agree with you there. Yeah. But I think the change of... There is some being lost oh, in having her be not being a mass-produced one. But I mm-hmm. think that was made in the concession that if they were going to do more with this, this would need to be your starting point kind of thing. Yeah, I, I just want to step in here. Um, I, I don't want to spend too much time reviewing Ghost in the Shell. I, I just want to Sorry. throw out that... Oh, no, it's fine. Uh, like, uh, as someone who didn't see the original material, I want to at least throw out there that I think, like, the people that worked on it, at least visually, they seem to get, they seem to at least care a lot about that. Like, regardless of the actual, you know, takeaway, how close it is to the original material, I do think there were some stunning visuals in the movie. Like, if you just want to have some nice eye candy, it's there. It's a, it is a pretty good-looking movie. Uh, yeah, it is pretty. How deep yeah. you want to get into it will depend on how on you as the viewer. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. I just, you know, I want people to get credit where it's due. Yeah, definitely. Um, hey, hey, Drew. Yeah, Zach? How was your week? Um, and other week? And <laughs> extra time on top of that? Man, it's been a while. Uh, it's, been, it's been a while since I've done Talk to Y'all Cats. It's been um, a while. <laughs> I, um, you know, like Adam, I had Easter, which meant that I went home to my family and my family isn't particularly religious, but we like holidays. So my mom made this big old, like, she made a bunch of Cuban food. She made this like big old, like, Mm -hmm. pata, like pork stew and like all this nice bread. Um, it was so good. Oh my goodness. Like my mom is such a better cook than I am. It's horrible (laughs) and terrifying. I don't mean to, (laughs) I don't mean to dishearten you, Drew. That seems to be one of the prestige perks of becoming parent. You just like you get real get good. A chi- get a kid, you get like bonus cooking points. Damn! Oh my god! <laughs> is that is that like a motivator for me to actually do the whole getting kid thing? Because right now I'm not I'm not seeing a lot of benefits to it. <laughs> uh, Would like, you accept it? A lot of a lot of the people I work with are like, it's the greatest. I haven't slept in a week, and I'm like, um, okay, That's, well, yeah. what have you? Uh, aside from that, I had a wonderful run in with the DMV. I uh Oh. 
Yeah. Were you breaking the law, Drew? I wasn't breaking the law, but I needed to validate that I wasn't breaking the law. I got my car sent in to be, um, it was, uh, there was like a bit of it that like needed to be recalled. And when they did the recall and they swapped out the parts, they didn't check it off in the machine. So there was no proof that my car had been fixed and was ready to be on the road again. So I needed to go in, fight with like 10 people, get a piece of paper that's about the size of a, um, it is the size of a bookmark. And I need to now go in tomorrow and hand that over to the man at the DMV and just be like, hey, just so you know, this is for you. Um, So I, that's what I, that's what I did for more hours than I should have. Nice. Yeah, game-wise, I've been playing... Uh, mostly all of my time has been spent trying to get the one new Tracer outfit from Overwatch. Oh my How's god. How's that going? <laughs> a good segue for later. <laughs> yeah, a good, a good segue for now. Well, um, let us... I mean, we should just segue into it, since that's... that. Like, after that, my week, that's, like, all that happened. That's all I can really okay. tell you about. The DMV, and then Tracer. So, yeah, DMV, then Tracer, then the new Overwatch thing. Yes. So... Uh, Uprising dropped. For those who don't know, um, Overwatch got a new horde mode. It got a little extra mission uh, with a few extra caveats, but there are some new costumes, some new some new sprays, a bunch of fun stuff for people who are fans of the game to play with. Um, and I'm really enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, the problem for me right now is you get special loot boxes when you when this patch drops and you know there are special you know limited edition costumes and i got the limited mm-hmm. edition costume for a character uh that i don't really play a whole lot but i didn't get the one for tracer which is the only one i play so yeah. now i'm like violently which, trying which, to get that oh go ahead which skin did you get uh i got the cool mercy skin so you know oh okay so you've, you've got you've got flight attendant mercy and then you're gonna get flight attendant um tracer Look yeah, at her no. little hat, like Tracer's little hat. She has a little hat. Tiny little hat. Do you like tiny little hats? No, listen. Put a little <laughs> hat on most characters, instantly better. I mean, that's what happened at Smash Brothers with Pikachu. Little trucker hat this Pikachu ma- was the best. What? Okay. Um, yeah, trucker Pikachu. Oh trucker boy. hat Pikachu. Um, okay, I'm good. Um. Anyway, so so from the event, I, I'm like interested in like three skins, but I'm okay not getting any of them. Uh, which ones did I get? I got Reinhardt's skin, and I got one of Torbjorn's skins. Uh, I also got I got the, the his Overwatch one, not the young Torbjorn with no beard. I kind of want to get that one. Young Torbjorn uh, I, with no beard has also has no robot hand. Yeah, I noticed that. I was like, uh, did I get anything else from the loot boxes? I got the Zenyatta highlight intro, but since... Since it's really hard to get a uh, play of the game as Zenyatta, I don't know if I'll ever actually see that. I didn't know he got a new. Did he get a new intro? I I didn't know. Yeah, that. yeah. he's like he's like doing a handstand, and all of his orbs are like spi- spinning yeah. around him. It's pretty well, that's cool. cool. Um, also, probably the best part of that update is the diva highlight intro. So good. Mm. Oh, th- oh, I got the selfie one. I got that. I got <laughs> oh, two of that. So good. Well done. It's so good. Have it's you seen that one, Drew? Highlight. I have. Picture. I have. I think it's. I think it's adorable, and it perfectly matches Diva. Uh, I'm actually wondering, what did you guys actually think of the the gameplay that they added, the actual Horde mode bit? Because um, I was I really it. impressed. I was really impressed by it. I like it a lot. So, for people who don't know, the Uprising event is a modified version of the King's Row map, and it you start at one end, and you kind of work your way through all these different objectives. 
and then you work your way back uh, again through all these different. I think it starts with like three maintain the points, a payload defense, an escort the payload, and then go kill four Orisa units. Yeah, um, it is. It is very. It is. It's surprisingly long. I've noticed. Um, yeah, I expected it to be shorter in a lot of ways. Like uh, Junkenstein was actually really short by comparison to that. Um, was was Junkenstein like a whole level? Like this one is like a whole no. like single player mission. This like, Junken Junkenstein was like, uh, you know the like the midpoint on Eichenwald, yes. Um, where where there's sort of like the big doors that you need to go bust through. Yes. Um, yeah, you you stood at the doors, and it would it basically stretched from the doors to the opposite end of the bridge. Oh, uh, that's, that's pretty that's small. How far it went. It, it was pretty small. Um, so this one like spans the entire level, which I found really interesting. And uh, I like I I almost never play it in its standard mode. I play it in the uh, uh, all in heroes. The, you could, yeah, all heroes mode because mostly because there is a composition. There's a team comp. For that mode, that makes it hilariously easy to play. Which one did oh, you find? Yeah. We we found a, um, me and my friends have found a couple. Yeah, um, any combination of Orisa, Bastion, and a decent healer can usually just clear it. Yeah, Bastion's really good. Uh, I've I've had relatively good success with Reaper, just because there are so many enemies that like one or two pops, and you get like healing back, so your your oh, healer right. can just be over yonder. Uh, and so I'm trying to think of the other other ones we had a lot. Soldier's pretty good, just because he has like his. Well, soldier's generally pretty good. Get your alt. Just kind of look over in the general area. Oh uh, yeah. So that's the I, all heroes mode. Oh, I actually, say? I I I also believe um, the the my probably my favorite team comp is Bastion Orisa. Like somebody with a shield. Like maybe even Winston could do it, but Orisa and and Reinhardt are really the ones you want to go for. Um. Probably like Mercy and then uh, his last one, and uh, either Tracer or I. I think Sombra is insanely good on that map. Yeah, she's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Oof. Drew, did you play the? Uh, you've tried the All Heroes one, yeah? I have. I have. I had. Uh, I was really proud of a comp that made it through, which was I was Anna, which makes a lot of sense for some reason. Um, there was a Hanzo, there was a Sombra, and then I believe we had a Reinhardt. So nice. as as the healer, I was like tweaking out the entire time. Dude, oh god! Playing Ana in that mode, I did that once. It was like for whatever reason more nerve wracking than usual because everybody keeps taking damage. And, like, oh my god, we're gonna die soon. No, like like yeah, everyone no. is like getting hurt all the time, and it's just like, oh god, you're over there. Oh god, why did you like charge to the opposite side of the map? I'm just, I don't care. Please die. So, um, <laughs> I I've actually but we played. Lived. I I've had I've actually I I played as Zenyatta and Mercy, and I've seen a Lucio play. All all three of them are like when I played Zenyatta, I was like whatever. I I also had a road dog on my team, which made it easier. But um, it was but like playing as Mercy on that map is just. It's genuinely just really fun, mostly because I think it's because Mercy has a really easy time going and healing, like capping off people um, for health. Yeah. Whereas I think with Ana, you're like, oh, I gotta line up this shot, and you can't just stare at tank and heal well, forever. It doesn't play to Ana's strengths. Like Ana's good at finding like a nice little perch and then just like watching as your team holds a choke point or like being somewhere off in the distance. But since you're all kind of clumped up together, like 
it kind of goes against what she's designed for. So it's yeah. it's a and fun like, challenge. I mean, to be honest, you know, that whole event is is designed for the four like story one, which is Reinhardt, Torbjorn, Mercy, and Tracer. So that whole system like map I think was designed for those four characters and the challenges for those four characters. So it makes sense that certain other ones don't work as well. Yeah, I, I love the way that they're bringing in lore in this one. Like it's oh, all yeah. about like uh like a past mission back when Overwatch was in its prime, you know, like there's little there's the comic for it that's really well done. Um I was kind of shocked to see uh like pre-reaper pre-reaper's voice. Um like he kind of comes in on a comm. Yeah, that <laughs> was, was so ready. weird. I found it super weird and I I was like this is what Reaper sounded like? What? I, who would hire you? Uh, I will say... I wanted something a little yeah. more menacing, you know? I will say, I, I, I saw a forum post that somebody made, I think it was on the subreddit, that was like, hey, can we get Reaper's regular voice for his uh, Reyes skin that he has? Because he has a skin where he's just regular Reaper. Oh, like, yeah, like yeah. He's just general, like, regular Reyes. But it's his Reaper voice, and now that you can hear Reyes' voice, it's like, can you just, like, record all those lines for the regular skin? <laughs> that would be cool. That would be. Um, that would be really cool. So I, I don't know about you guys. I beat it on normal and I beat it on hard, and that's about as far as I got because expert and legendary were a bit much. No, I'm right there with you. I've... I, I have not played expert or legendary mostly because I've been barely playing it because I just I just want to quickly run them and and get the loot boxes. I I want my loot boxes. I want my tracer outfit. Damn it! I want the little hat. You will never get the little hat. It is too. It is too powerful for you. Damn you, Adam! Wait, wait. How much? How much? How many coins do you have? I have nine hundred and twenty-five coins. Oh, not nearly enough, Drew. That hat is too powerful for you. You know what's also too powerful for you? The what? power, the raw strength. My God! Of the Xbox Scorpio. Oh Lord! Tell me more. I, I heard about the Scorpio. I also have heard nothing about the Scorpio. Or I mean, like I've been like not paying attention to it. So someone tell yeah. me what the hell is going on with this. So, Adam, Adam, tell us. So the Scorpio, uh, I actually, I thought the Scorpio was out already. To be to be <laughs> so brutally honest, uh, so because did I. I just don't care. Like I thought projects. I was under the impression that score that the the Xbox Scorpio came out alongside the PlayStation Four Pro, and these were both like kind of incremental uh, yeah kind of like 0.5 versions yeah Mm -hmm. so then they announced this xbox scorpio and like again i don't really uh i don't play on xbox stuff so i didn't know i just remember hearing that people were going like nuts about it and it's got it's it looks pretty cool it's got uh oh i'm sorry it's the xbox one s that came out alongside the pro and this is xbox scorpio that's Wait a right. second! Like, Did the they really, that... really? They went S then Scorpio. Yes. What? Right. What was the one? Was the S like a slim version or something? I don't remember. I think I so. I yeah. Things. If I'm looking okay. at this this chart correctly, it looks like the. Uh... Sorry for the audience. I'm looking at this this breakdown chart of all of its specs. It looks like it was uh, the Xbox One S was a slight improvement over the Xbox One. Actually. Really interesting that I just noticed. They make a distinction between the Xbox One, the Xbox One S, and the Xbox Scorpio. 
Now, this thing has, let's see, it has eight custom cores. It's got 40 customized computing units at 1,172 megahertz, 12 gigs of GGD, uh, GDDR5 memory. Uh, it's got a memory bandwidth of 326 gigabytes per second. It's got a, well, that hard drive, I don't care, because I think you can just switch that out. It, it has a built-in 4K uh, ultra-high-def Blu-ray player. So it it's got a got a pretty good from if unless I'm really mismatching numbers it's got a pretty good leg up on the PS4 and one on the PS4 Pro. I hmm. mean that's that's all very interesting. I I buy consoles for games, um, like game yeah. exclusives. Like the reasons I got a PlayStation Four was because of like you know Bloodborne and a couple of indie games that I wanted and some cool stuff going down the pipe like you know Horizon Zero Dawn yeah I I can't think of anything on Xbox the entire ecosystem you just mentioned that I want to like go out and like get my hands on right you know that's the thing like the new hardware really it's gonna like the new hardware is impressive like I mean I'm not gonna lie like that's that's pretty cool that it's that strong again for me it doesn't sell me on it because the, the software isn't there I will say one thing I, I have heard, and I'll have to read up on a bit more about it, and I might come back or something. But I have heard that there's like the software, the software that's in the console itself. I guess will, if you would, I, I think if you're like put in like 360 or even Xbox One games, it has so much power that those games will just run better. So it's kind of like, hey, look, you, all your old games, you can just throw those in, and they'll they'll just work like run better. So it is backwards compatible. Like it, it can actually. I'm, maybe I'm misunderstanding, but is it you're talking like Xbox 360 games or Xbox One games on your on your Scorpio will run better? Or yeah, that, that's, like... that's the claim I've heard. Mm. Uh, but I don't know if those 360 games are like the digital downloaded versions, or if they you can literally just put in any disc that you, I mean, you want. I think the play the PlayStation Pro does a similar thing. Like I know it'll do like some like it'll like boom like automatically bump up some frame rates or do some some simple calculations for older games that are like enabled for it. Yeah, the PS4 Pro has something called like a boost mode on it that does some kind of you know computation or process on it that supposedly kicks up the performance a bit. I I had a conversation with someone uh over the weekend because uh, they were, you know, working in the city and uh, like this this actually came up like the idea that like we have these 4k consoles and i i have to say i i'm still not really sold on it and it kind of makes me a little worried right like mm -hmm. like when i think about when i was younger and i had a gaming console and i wanted to play games like i didn't need a bunch of like like if i'm not mistaken the entire point of the scorpio having these specs is so that it can run on a 4k system right like it can run on a 4k screen like, like that seems like so much of an investment. I see what you're saying of, like, with all of these ones, maybe my eyes just don't, like, notice it as much. And, Zach, I don't if you can jump in if you if you have any input on it. Maybe I just haven't looked at a 4K display enough to, like, really see, wow, I have to have this, up, this upgrade from like like I, 1080p. I know that there is a noticeable difference. I know that it's, like, a, like a, a significant, like, it might feel better, right? But... Mm. I, I really don't like the idea that there's this, like, higher barrier of entry to playing video games, you know? Like, ideally, I would want things to be cheap and easy to get into. Like, it is yeah. so hard for me to convince friends who aren't involved in, like, oh, you know, I want you to play Bloodborne. Oh, I want you to try this out. 
to like go off and like buy these things and to say on top of that if you want the right experience the right version get the more expensive console get a tv that works with it i i fully understand your point Drew. it's really hard to try to convince people like hey you should play this game with me but you would need this like whole setup i actually honestly think that's one of the reasons uh that often like nintendo doesn't go for the super high spec stuff because they keep it lower and so that does it like i i know for a fact that like uh, you can like i've met people that were talking like yeah my friend just convinced me to pick up a 3ds it wasn't that much so i did it hmm. uh you know if the switch weren't a fucking like myth maybe it'd be more available speaking of the switch yes mr zach I'm finally going to be getting the Switch. Oh, hooray! Wow, that person um, you killed is certainly dead, and now you have it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, and it, uh, so I, I kind of, I kind of was out of this conversation for a while. Um, kind of, I might have missed. Stop drinking stuff on the job. That was me. Sorry. That was that God was. God damn. <laughs> Anyways, I didn't think anyone would hear me. But yeah, so it seems like. Yeah, no, I, I guess my opinion on on the Scorpio is cool new extra thing. Cool. Um, are there games that I want to play that are on that? No. Yes, okay, Halo Wars you Two. You know, yeah, Halo like it, Wars. It, the only reason I would I would get the Xbox One is to play Halo, and I'm just, meh, I'm at a point where I'm like, I'm done with Halo. Why would I want to play this console? It's a sad truth. Yeah. So Scorpio <sighs> looks cool. Um definitely more powerful that it is a much bigger step up than the from from the xbox one s to the scorpio it seems to be a bigger step than ps4 to ps4 pro i'm almost wondering if they're just like fuck it this is a new console kind of thing but who knows i i honestly don't uh, I'm, it actually makes me more confused than anything else because like i don't know if this is a middle step or if it's intended to be like okay well now this is what this is the next part in the cycle like now we're in this this new layer and if it is surprise it's gen 8 (laughs) oh Oh boy we all didn't know it was coming okay um if there's no other news perhaps it's time to get on to our uh our feature presentation you guys uh you guys ready for this sorry this podcast is going long tonight i mean it's very true but you know we've all got wonderful important things to say yeah, it's true. Uh, right. We, it's, it's, it's extra double trouble because we <laughs> haven't been doing this for like... Because we had two weeks to cover. That's right. Uh, and we're portraying ourselves online. <laughs> our online personas, if personas. you will. Personas! Personas! Oh. Wait, quick question. I think the most important question before we even start this. Everyone, what is your persona? I mean, I don't... I haven't played any Persona yet, so I don't quite know how to respond to this, unless you're uh, talking about uh, uh, like something way more meta. I, just I don't know. Pick don't mythological know figure, go. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm bailing. Goodbye. Oh, Adam, no, no sorry. you can't do that. Oh, God. It's, it's oh, up goodness. to me. All right, look, Zach, I will have an answer for you after I have confronted my... I, after I have faced myself and shadow Adam... I will tell you. <laughs> I just... I I must accept the spirit of rebellion. <laughs> but we're not I, talking about Persona Personas. We're talking yeah. about our online behavior and gaming personas that we... And the way we portray ourselves online and how other people portray... Betray. Portray themselves <laughs> online. We are talking about online behavior and the wackiness that happens when we done do those things. So, um... I guess first question... 
to think about when we're talking about online personas, online behavior, is what are some obvious things that you know that you do when you're online versus the way you act when you're in person? Uh, ideally relating to games, um, you know, just like maybe there's like a difference between sitting next to your brother and being nice and polite uh, versus like cursing and shouting at a stranger over the safety and comfort of the internet. Mm. I, so kind of like, enough, I feel like I get way more like angsty and jovial if there's another person next to me. And I'm probably more polite if I'm just like online derping around with strangers. Hmm. So this is kind of like, what is your couch co-op versus your online co-op yes. behavior? Like, you know, to kind of give some cause, you know, games used to just be like, you'd have to go to an arcade and you'd have to be, it'd be more social and, and as technology's improved and saw that I feel like online kind of interaction on games is kind of more prevalent. I, arcades just aren't as popular. So more of our interactions seem to be through online and just kind of by ourselves. I mean, that's true. I guess maybe, maybe like not even just with other people, but like, just like when you are playing something solo versus playing online, a part of a community. Mm. Like if I'm playing one thing that I've noticed with online games with me is, like, if there's a lot of online lore, I'm far less interested in it versus if it's something offline where I'm kind of allowed that time to sit around and mull things over, right? Hmm. Like, like, maybe that's just based off of how they're designed. But for me, like, if I'm online, I feel like I kind of want stuff immediate. Like, I'm there for a very specific purpose. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm trying to think. I feel like I'm a, in that regard, I'm a little bit similar, but for a different reason. And maybe Ooh. Zach will have a similar input on this. So my... I, in terms of behavior, I'm usually generally, uh, I try to act online the same way as I act in real life, which I, I try to do the right thing and stuff that, uh, I, you know, I think we've said in our cooperation games and stuff, I more tend to play co-op versus, rather than competitive stuff, uh, Mm -hmm. when I'm in like a big group and then when I'm, it's just by myself, I, I don't mind doing competitive stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. but for lore stuff, I I guess when, when I'm playing a, a single player game, Unlike, you know, it's just me at my house. I am really invested in the lore and kind of the story. But when I go online and I try to do the lore stuff, I'm almost a, like a little like on edge because there are other people like, like not that they're like doing anything to me, but it's kind of like if uh, and Zach will probably know this. Yeah. Uh, for an example, in Final Fantasy 14, when you do some of the events, there are like cutscenes and story elements that are happening. And my initial reaction is, oh, man. I really want to look at these, but these are other people and they, you know, they might not want to sit here Mm. while I'm doing this. And, you know, it's kind of that, you know, I don't know them, so I don't know what their temperaments are like. I Uh, I have the exact same thing. Like, um, if there's a, I will watch every cutscene always. Like if I'm just alone and there's like, you know, I got the time in the world. Cause I just, I think cutscenes are really interesting, but like, With, like, the the new Overwatch update, I skip that fucking intro every time. Because it's just, like, I don't care, like, you know, other people got yeah, things to do. you kind of want to get to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, Zach, did you ever have that kind of experience when you were, like, running through the those dungeons? And, like, did you want to watch the cutscenes and everybody's like, no, come on, we gotta go? So, I I did actually have... I, I had a very specific experience regarding this. Is is the, uh, in Final Fantasy fourteen the last sort of, like, the the... Before the DLC comes out, there's sort of like the like end segment you do where you go and fight the Empire and all that stuff. I actually watched, like, I told all the people in the group that I was new. They all knew I was the new guy. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I watched, fully watched the first cutscene, and everybody else was ahead of me. Oh, I think I know the story. And and <laughs> and so, and they had already like cleared the boss by the time I finished the cutscene, and were like well on their way to the next one. And I posted in in the uh, the group chat, "Hey guys, um, I, I'm like hella far behind. Do you want me to skip the the like I I'm I'm like watching the story stuff. I think it's pretty cool." And the response I got was, nah, dude, don't worry about it. Just enjoy the cutscenes. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, you told me this one. Nice. I'm just like, yeah. I feel like in that context, that's a pretty easy one. That's like, okay, if they want to watch it, uh, we're going to go. So I think the story I heard from Zach was, and this might be exactly the one you just told, Zach, is you were watching the cutscene, and as soon as you finished it, you started up another cutscene where, like, yep. a character you had just been talking to was like, I am dead. And it's like, what <laughs> yeah. happened? No, 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 no. It, it was, there There was, like, a cutscene to start the boss fight, and so I watched the, the cutscene to start the boss fight, and I finished that cutscene, and then I I was like, and, and like, midway through, the, and through that first cutscene, you could see there were messages that would pop up on the screen that said like, aha, this enemy is dead. And I was like, like, wait, what? And then, and then like I get out of it and then another cutscene pops up and it shows their death sequence. And I'm just like, this is amazing. Nice. You were just that good at the game. Yeah. So like the, the question of was, is like, how do you, how are you online? Uh, you know, the online persona, like with people versus being online. Think, that's kind of like when you're on it when you're on couch co-op or just like with somebody that's you know not like you're not just interfacing through like the network like, wow that that came out really weird well you're not just connecting people with people. In the network that's some ghost Listen, in the shell stuff out there oh my god i've watched it i've been looking at this too much uh when there are other people around and you're doing like couch co-op one of the things that is different is you can actually see them and you can kind of get a reaction of how they're behaving. So, Mm. and this is just natural human behavior. I find is that you, or at least for me, I don't know how about you guys, but you kind of match their behavior with your own when you're sitting next to them kind of thing. So if they want to go like super aggressive at a game, you might play more aggressive or kind of stuff like that. Versus if you're just online, it's like, I don't know what you guys want to do. So I'm just going to kind of go with it, which, you know, Um, you, you can you can kind of you can get to extremes a lot quicker i think like yeah like if like you said like if you're online like there's a whole lot of like i don't know who these people are i need to like slowly feel out what kind of group this is but if it's someone you know really well then you can immediately find out what kind of session you're gonna have like if it's gonna yeah, be like yeah. goofy fun times or if you're gonna take it like way too seriously and i think you know a lot of modern games have kind of helped that where it's like it like early MMOs, it might have been kind of hard because it was just like, what you know, just text and then whatever team chat, so you weren't really sure. But now, like with Discord, there's like whole other third party apps you can have running at the same time where you can talk with just your group. So, so I, I just want to say that my online behavior versus couch co-op, is, I, I I mostly agree with you guys. I do have to say though that like my online behavior is is noticeably a different sort of personality than my in-person behavior or i think that was more true when i started doing online stuff well how do you mean um because like it used like this is much stronger like i'm significantly more i want to say polite um in person and i tend to be I, i tend to defer people to people a lot and i think it's just because i'm friends with a bunch of really loud people 
Mm. But I tend to be a little bit more of a wallflower, a little bit more of the background. Though I can, I can have my moments. I'm sure you've seen them. I, I um, have. <laughs> whereas I, I go online and I can be sort of the the like, especially when I'm typing, I can just be sort of this like total goof, mm-hmm. um, and and big, loud, and and present. So it's basically what I'm saying is that, that like the way I act online, I tend to be. Um, I guess I just find that I have more confidence in myself. And so I tend to be more expressive, you could say. Like, you all, you both have seen my Final Fantasy XIV character, and I do that, like, on purpose. Um, because, like, I, I tend to be more bold in what I say. I tend to crack jokes more. Especially with, like... Like, I've gotten to a point in Final Fantasy XIV that I'm cracking jokes to total strangers I'm partying up with. Um, and I don't, and you guys both know me, I would never do that in real life. Oh, that's not um, true. You crack jokes all the time, you goddamn yeah, jokester. But I, feel, like, but I crack jokes with people I know. I don't yeah. crack jokes with just random Let fucking Let me ask, strangers. do you think that's, do you, uh, there might be two factors that I can think of. One, do you think it might be you do that because you're more familiar with the game now, so you feel more kind of comfortable yeah. in the environment? So now that you feel more comfortable being in, like, "Quote unquote," the world of Final Fantasy fourteen, you feel more comfortable kind of doing whatever. Oh yeah, no, no, that's definitely an aspect of it. Um, I- I'm just saying that it's also like it being online makes it easier and more comfortable for me to be more expressive with what I say. Yeah, and that was the second question. I wondered if maybe hmm. the this is a very common theme of like online interactions is that the anonymity of being online kind of helps people act more. I don't know if true to themselves or with a bit more disregard or kind of a little bit more bold because it's like this person probably has will never have any idea who I actually am. Yeah, I think I think a little bit plays into that. Um, and I think just interacting with like random fucking avatars is, is really it. It's just like you all look goofy. So just do whatever kind of thing. It's so interesting to me that you feel like you can be more expressive with people you, you don't even know versus like alongside your friends in real life like i i feel like i i'm almost the opposite like i'm probably a lot more loud and a lot more bombastic with people i know and who i'm interacting with directly versus someone who there's like there's that layer of like you know a computer in front of me separating me from them you know what i mean yeah so so again with with friends i i'm much more expressive i i do agree with you drew i Mm. like because i I think there's there's a significant difference between like there's hanging out with your friends on the couch and there you can be expressive you can be jokey and i've done that before um Mm. and then there is i think there there is a a a total difference between like and then there's interacting with your friends online and maybe like you have online friends like i do um and that that has a different sort of tenor to it Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and i think there's differences between those two but then I think there's an even greater difference between how I act in front of like random strangers I meet in person and random strangers I meet on the internet. Huh. Um, and I think I think that's sort of like the four quadrants that I'm thinking of. Um, well, I, I when wonder... I'm going through this, and I think there's just a massive gulf between the way I act, uh, or not a massive gulf, but I think there's there's some similarity in that I feel like I can have my true self to bring a persona phrase up. Your true persona. Um, my true persona can come out when I'm hanging out with friends and I find it it's easier it like and uh and I think being online with strangers it's easier for me to be that sort of you know just 
to act out and to sort of be expressive and jokey yeah and all that stuff interesting um well like that's like, why i said i i sorry again i just final thing is that i have a oh, really sorry, strong yeah. sense of social anxiety and I, I i worry about social consequences a lot and so talking to random strangers in person makes me feel like oh I, maybe i should be really polite to these people but if they're random strangers on the internet there's less of that and there's more and and the other thing is that a lot of times it's within like the context of a game and i'm like okay so we're all here to play this video game so mm-hmm. I, I feel yeah, like i can yeah. be a little bit more um that said well, that's, it's that's mostly true for final fantasy and not shooters yeah. and we'll get to that later well, that's kind of why I asked what I what I did was because you know it sounds like if I'm understanding correctly, you know, and I don't know I I feel like this is probably true for maybe a bit more like a more general thing is that if you know the people you're around you can be a lot more true to yourself and the first time you start playing a game and maybe you're not as comfortable in it it's very hard to kind of like be very outgoing or bold because you're still learning kind of the ropes of this new game. Uh, you maybe not you're sure, you're not so sure on the social cues and stuff like that of this game, but as you get more uh, familiar with it, you know I find, and I think this is true for myself, and maybe this kind of or, like relates to kind of what you were saying, Zach, is that you know when I'm doing online stuff, the more comfortable I am in the game, the more I feel like I can be a bit more like forthcoming with people and kind of be more interactive. Uh, as you guys both know, in like on Couch Cope, I'm pretty kind of loud, bombastic. Uh, but in a game, I tend to start kind of when I'm learning it. I'm trying to focus on just doing well at that game because I think, I, like I've said before, I have kind of this kind of anxiety of, oh man, I don't want to mess this up for other people. I want them to be able to enjoy their game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as mm-hmm. I'm more comfortable, I find I'm more able to also be a bit more like, okay, now I'm now I'm comfortable in it, so I can have some more fun, kind of interacting more with people. Um, yep. And, and I. I don't know if you already went over this for yourself, Drew, or if you had any more you wanted to add to this. I mean, it's weird because my... I will say that I I mirror a lot of what you guys are saying with um, a small caveat. And when I... Often when I go online, uh, I think I said this earlier, I actually tend to be a little less bombastic uh, and a little less, like, loud just because, like, the people I'm talking with, I have no idea who they are. And it's, right. I guess this just kind of goes back to like, you know, like theater and like, you know, trying to understand people. Like I, I maybe if, if this is someone I want to interact with, then I'm going to spend the time to try and understand who they are and what they're about. Uh, and that's so much harder to do if we're all like focused on a main objective. Like if it's yeah. an in-person interaction, I can like go to this person and just like have a conversation and kind of like directly find out, you know, you know, are they a funny person? Are they a very serious person? Are they feeling awkward? Are they feeling, you know, one way or another? Um, but online, that's so much harder to actually get, like, a genuine answer from someone. So I actually find, like, yeah. it's almost hard, like it's almost like I'm trying to find... It's almost You're like... You're trying to find, like, a good in-route with them kind of thing. Well, not even. It's It, it almost seems like this is an avatar, and the avatar kind of tells me nothing. So I... I'll put it like this. It's harder to relate to people online. And so I find it a little harder to like care about being jokey with them. I'll generally just kind of be like, eh, whatever. I understand the tropes of this game and I'm going to go play it. And if someone seems cool, maybe we'll talk. I wonder if the difference is, is in like, you know, Zach was kind of talking about his, like he feels he can be a lot more kind of forthcoming with his online friends in that those are people I know Zach's in a guild and stuff. Those are people he will very often interact with. Whereas, you know, it's a very different interaction than somebody, say, like, you meet somebody on Overwatch, where it's like, this is probably going to be, like, one of the only times you ever interact with them, so you do want to, so at least 
for me, like I, I guess I was speaking for you, but I'll, I'll speak for myself now. Is that when it's stuff like Overwatch, it's just hey, this is the one time, so I'll be a little bit more reserved unless I know them and I can kind of be a bit more. But if you keep meeting these people, you do kind of form that relationship, and you kind of know, yeah. hey, they behave they behave this way, even though I have no idea who they are. Well, I got I have I have a couple of examples, and I'm going to be drawing from the same the same exact two games of uh, Final Fantasy XIV and uh, Overwatch. I, I think Overwatch just generally I'm, I'm in the same boat is that I don't know these people very well, and so I'll like when I, when I try uh, like when I go on a competitive I always stick my headset on because I always want to make sure I, I'm communicating with my team. But that's just mm-hmm. that's just an aspect of playing competitive. You need to be able to communicate with your team. What um, I was trying to communicate by f- uh, smoke signal. You trying to tell me that didn't work? <laughs> you know you um, just type not. in the chat. Everyone reads the chat all the time. Everything I write in there oh, is always oh, yeah, read by of course. everyone. <laughs> oh man. Anyways. Um, so in, in 14 though, so, so take this for example, like, uh, Drew, you, you may, you may feel proud of me when I say this, but like when I first joined the free company that I'm currently part of in Final Fantasy 14, within an hour, I had like befriended everyone in that free company. Yeah. Excellent. Hooray. Social link go. (laughs) and, And I knew people who were there already, a good amount of them, but like, I very quickly made friends with all of those people, and Drew probably knows this. I'm not very good at meeting new people. Um, <laughs> I I know that you get a little anxious around new people. That's what yeah. I know. And so and so for me, like the context that I don't know these people, and and sort of like that I'm in, interacting with them via a medium where I have sort of the space to just be able to talk to them and we have already have something common and interest. We're already playing the same game and all that kind of stuff. It makes it a lot easier for me to interact. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyways, that's, that's just sort of the example I had. Well, I mean, that's um like, that's like, there are studies around, like if you have something common to just work towards that often helps people just find, like you're finding common ground because you have a common goal. You have a common, you th- like there's something initially there to talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that doesn't seem weird to me. That makes a lot of sense. And then you had um, you had an Overwatch example you wanted to talk about, or am I just crazy and full of garbage in my brain? I think I already went over the Overwatch stuff. Um, uh. But I think I, like my Overwatch example was um, how to deal with troll, which mm. is another question that's on here. But uh, <laughs> do we you want find an Overwatch troll? Did you find an Overwatch troll? I did not find an Overwatch troll necessarily, but I have run across multiple people who use a lot of explicitives or are very annoying and or start using racial epithets. Um, um, those and those fun. are fun. Wow. You and I had totally different ideas of that. I was like, man, that's so lame. That's really cool. Sometimes trolls are funny. Sometimes, like, trolls can be very funny. I agree with you, Zach. Trolls can either be really funny or, <laughs> boy, are they terrible. Yeah. I, Depends I on often, what they're doing. I often dislike them. Like, unless it's a joke that everyone's in on, like, I often get very frustrated with people intentionally looking for attention. Like, But Drew, what? Drew and Zach, I am new to the internet, and I have never been on it. <laughs> oh, what my goodness, Adam. I am 12 years old, and what is an internet troll? Because I don't know what <laughs> online video games are or the internet. Tell so me, So there's, there's two versions of the troll. Two? Mm. Jesus Christ! I know, I... This is me classifying things again, but... Hello, everyone. Hey there, everybody. <laughs> this is Zach, and I'm here to classify things. Teach me, Professor Zach! 
Teach us the troll lesson. lesson today, Zach. Teach the troll lesson for today. Your lesson um, of the day needs trolls in it now, just so you know. I, <laughs> yeah, it does. Anyways. Or bridges. Um, uh, maybe. Uh, anyways, so basically, I there is a long-standing tradition on that most infamous of places, 4chan, um, mm. where, where trolling is really more of just... It's, so, well, people on there would co- maybe call it an art form, but it's really just how do I get those jimmies rustled? And it's how do I get people to like say stupid stuff or get really angry for, you know, just I want want to pause you for just a second. And I just want to congratulate you on describing trolling through meme. I I think that's a really good achievement. So well done. A little golf clap for you. I feel like trolling and memes go hand in hand, but they're basically, (laughs) basically there's a certain classification of trolls. They just say whatever stupid thing, or, uh, you know, there's there's the offensive ones, and there's just kind of annoying ones. And the offensive ones, you're usually just trying to say something to get a rise out of you. And they, they tend to show up, at least for me, like, far more online than if I'm, like, playing with people in person. Because if I'm playing with someone in person, like, you can just kind of, like, slap them on the shoulder and be like, knock that shit off. But, like, so, you have so, no power on the internet to do that. So, 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 um... I, I think I think there's again. So the first thing with trolls is the Jimmy rustlers, is the people that are trying to get a rise out of people. And I think there, there's varying the degrees Jimmy of how rustlers. successful they. Can, yeah, and I think there's there's varying degrees of how successful they can be at it. Um, and so like sometimes you can have really good like a good sly troll will get somebody very angry without the troll seeming like they said anything like wrong in particular. Mm. Um, it's just basically like, you know. There's there's ways of doing it that are much more elegant, um, but that's that's we're we're only currently in the classification of like people who are mostly there just to make jokes and mess around, um, and that I consider that I am okay with that level of trolling in most most ways unless it's getting or, too much. There to joke? Yeah, yeah, who are there sort of like as a joking way of doing things. Um, the the second way of trolling. Is, is the definition that is used more often, especially in media, is people who are saying offensive things because either they, like, like as a sort of, like, a way to insult people or attack people. And I think mm-hmm. that is the sort of second way that you have trolls. Yeah. Um, and so, like, and I think there's, there's ways, in, in that sense, there's lots of ways, lots and lots of ways to be an inadvertent troll. So then, how do you? How would you, Zach, as you are our classifications experts, which is your new title? Um, yeah, that is. So for for those like maybe they're they're troll like they're trolling in a way that is like not directly affecting anyone, or it's it's something like it's it's kind of very subtle, right? Like you just have someone who's like messing around in the chat client, or just like won't get off their mic and just keeps saying like you know offensive things. Like, do you classify that as trolling or just someone kind of being annoying? Because for me, that I don't even think that's trolling. I just think it's like, why are you talking? You know. So, so um, you know the maze that'll put up ice walls that'll block you from leaving the spawn. Yeah. Yes. That's that's a troll. That's the troll. That's that's the. Uh, and to that's be the troll. that's the troll. <laughs> people, to be clear, it's not just like chat or Teamspeak. There's a lot of ways you control people in the games itself. Like you know the example Drew, uh, Zach used of uh putting up a ice wall so nobody can get past is trolling people uh i know there was a couple where like i I know in tf2 would be like hey i'm gonna go just build all my stuff over here and like 
have the teleporter drop people off into nowhere. Oh man, Adam, I was <laughs> I was so ready to drop that as my trolling. That's my that's my happy trolling example. Because when it happened oh, to me, I was the worst. I was always happy about it. I was just like, oh god, you got me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Like, I yeah. I was happy about those kind of incidents, because it was like a weird hack. It was like a weird, like, I, you know what, you win. You win this round. <laughs> I, I've always noticed that, like, if if the trolling is coming from the gameplay mechanics of a game that you're playing, which that was a lot of, I... I if it's coming from the mechanics of the game. If it's, if it's coming from the mechanics of the game, generally speaking, it's probably in good fun, unless it's that fucking may I swall... Um, like, like it ranges Fuck. from that was a good goof to that was really fucking annoying. Please stop. Like you, it's hard to get into genuinely offensive territory via the mechanics of a game. Well, because the game mechanics only let you express a certain way of like you're bound by the mechanics. There's only so many ways you can actually annoy people, and the game generally has ways of getting around that. Yeah, exactly. And so, and so the. The other kind of, of trolling, I think, happens mostly in the realm of, like, the chat boxes and the sort of, the, like, uh, communications chat that is going on. And I think a lot of it, a lot of that ends up relating into sort of toxicity culture. I, guys, I don't want to say culture. It's, but no, no, that's... And it's, like, online toxicity. Um, so, so I, I think, and I think there's a level of overlap in that you can have both at the same time. Or like being a toxic player with mechanics and just being in like verbally abusive yeah, kind and of thing. Like like you can have both of those kind of things. Um, you could have someone who's being funny and just sort of messing around did like the teleporter thing. Um, and then like in the chat box they're screaming the the like throwing around racial epithets and, and things like that. And you'd just be like, okay. But like there's there's ways of overlapping, but it tends to come from the same kind of people. Mm-hmm. Um but they are two different behavior sets, and I think that's an important distinction. Like, yeah. like having a fun, like, oh, I hacked the mechanics. Like, that's completely different for me than, like, someone who's, like, being, like, just, like, vulgar, like, or, like, playing porn or something through a microphone. Yeah. You know, like, those, I, I wouldn't say those are from that, the same place. You know? I, I do have to say, okay, I, I, I will admit this right now. The person who's playing f- uh, porn through the, uh, through the microphone... I give them five seconds of that. Five seconds. Very funny. After that, not so funny. Uh, like, I, there's a threshold know, and it's very short. A threshold. <laughs> it's like, ha all right, enough. So, if I'm understanding it correctly, Zach, you're kind of saying it's like, there's the ones that are just being annoying versus the ones that are being genuinely offensive. And more often than not, if you're kind of, if it's through the mechanics of the game, uh, you feel it's not quite it's not as bad as like somebody's being like verbally through chat yeah. or client kind of thing oh yeah because i think i think through the chat of the client that's when you start getting into sort of like direct attacks on people yeah i, I was about to, i was just about to say that is that uh the reason i was summing it up is because i was trying to say like yeah that's that's kind of how i, I how i'd classify it as well is in that like if it's through the mechanics it's like okay this is real annoying and i kind of wish there was a stop but i'm a little bit more like I'm not as annoyed at the May Icewald as I am as the guy who's just, like, yelling explicitives or just being a jackass. Yeah, yeah. Because they're, like, like I think you guys would agree, those are more personal ways of attacking people rather than, like, the Icewald went up, everybody's getting screwed well, over. Well, okay, sometimes I, I the May it, singles you out, but this, this is yeah. just me griping about May at this point. You need to chill out on it. Oh, my God. Oh, God. He said, he said the words, Zach. He said the words. What do we I, do? Guess what? My internet's hella stable now. I'll never drop. Oh. 
I do think it's like way easier to get into like an actual fight with someone online than it is like in person. Like if it's in person, like you can often just like laugh at laugh it off, even if it's like a total stranger. Like Mm -hmm. even with like a competitive game like Smash, I've never I've never gotten to a point of fury or gotten into like a little tiff with anyone. But on online, like it seems like people are like itching for a fight sometimes. Like I think I had people like curse me i'm trying to forget what it or i'm not trying i'm trying to remember what it was but you know what i got someone who like they got super mad at me because i dropped a teleporter in the wrong place in team fortress one time and like they were like mm. yelling and swearing and cursing and it was like this would never happen if i could see you face to face you know again yeah this is that thing that i was bringing up about the being anonymous like, online lets people do things that they wouldn't normally do. Like, you're absolutely right. I can't think of a time I've actually been, like, upset at somebody, like, when I was sitting next to them. But that's because, you know, we have, I have, like, I can see visual and physical, like, body language cues of, like, kind of what's happening. You can kind of adjust the situation. Online, I don't know who, who these people are. Uh, you know, it's that, that's that veil of an an- anonymity that lets people kind of do whatever and feel like they don't have the consequences adam that's a very good point zach do you have any other word on trolls that you'd like to throw out um i think i I guess just the final word on the trolling is uh i don't know just uh i i have tried to be polite and tell trolls to just kind of cut it out sometimes i think it's just teenagers and when you like talk to them it's 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 really just like teenagers think they're being really funny and then you just sort of type to them and be like yo dude could you cut it out man this is getting really annoying yeah yeah it is really annoying you get like a 50 50 like if you genuinely go on to them and be like man dude i'm i'm getting really frustrated with this could you please just cut it out it's really annoying and i just want to play this game because it's really fun about half the time it works Mm. um Mm. or maybe maybe only like a quarter but still sometimes you get through to them because i genuinely think most of the times even the worst trolls tend to be just sort of teen kids who have no idea what the fuck they're talking yeah. about. Yeah, and I, I will exactly. concede to that. I don't I don't think I've had as much success like being like, hey dude, can you cut it out? Like often that it could go either way. Like I, I think like you're right. Like maybe about twenty percent of the time it works and the other eighty percent it's like, haha, I'ma keep going and rolling hard with this, whatever. Well that's why that's that's what the mute option is for. It's like you just like you try to communicate with them, you try to tell them like, Hey man, this is can you cut it out? It's really annoying. And then, you know, they, they either, they either cut it out or they keep going with it. And I think in either, and, and you know, if they keep going with it, like, it's just, all right, fine. You just mute, mute them and move on. Like, what else well, are you going to do? Well, you know, that, that, that ties directly into our next uh, and final question, which is features in games that kind of help, like, sway that behavior, you know, like different games will have different ways of addressing the way they want people to like actually interact. Like, you know, Overwatch has different ways of like creating channels for different groups. Uh, There's the mute option. Uh, A lot of Nintendo games just don't have you actually talk. And that seems to be a pretty valid way of just like cutting down on trolling. Like you, you just cut off that entire means of interaction and just leave it to the mechanics as a means of having a goof. I I actually, I would, I would like, um, I think, there's ways of creating sort of like chat box systems where you don't directly communicate with people, but you can put up like symbols or like specified specific messages. Mm. Um, and I think, I think that would be a, an interesting way to bring that going forward. Um, I think there's also the like reporting systems, but I don't think reporting systems are nearly as effective as they need to be. 
Um, I think there's a lot of people who go around being... I, I mean, I don't run into it as much in Overwatch. A lot of times, especially when I'm playing quick play or something, um, people don't tend to be as aggressive. And I think... I think part of the reason why that comes up is because you're not playing competitive. Competitive people take things very, very seriously. Mm-hmm. And when they do, they can be very, you know, not necessarily directly sort of trolling, but definitely like really toxic, like really, really bad. Um, and I think it's because people are just taking things way too seriously. Like in, in Overwatch, I've often, I often just do solo queue and I've never seen anyone who's like been aggressively like yelling over a microphone trying to tell me to yeah. play a certain. And like, well, I that's... think Overwatch is really good at that. Um, well, it's it's good when you're in quick play. You get to competitive and people start yelling. Oh, that's that's weird because I would think competitive there would be that level of like professionalism, you know, like you know we're we're trying to like not be jerks, but maybe. Oh no, it's it it is um it, it while you're playing competitive, people can get very angry. I I do also have to say like I'm down in like the silver ranking, so mm-hmm. like I, I'm so down far in the ranking. I don't think anybody else around me is really all that upset when we lose. But you get into the higher ranks and sort of like the platinum tiers and and above, and they start getting very salty when they when they're not going to win, um, well, and they start throwing around blame and they start getting nasty about it. And I think it's be- just because they have a high rank and they want to keep that high rank, and it's just you know that's that's just how that is. It it people get really really over serious about it, well, or like, I mean I, I keep saying over serious. I like people get super invested in it and. They, they take it f- to be more than what it is, I suppose. Yeah. No, that's... I don't know. Like, I, I've not been to that level. I just know that the way they've set it up for me has worked out on my level. And I guess if you get more serious, yeah. then it breaks down. Like, and that's a shame. Um, I, I do want to say what you were talking about with, like, you know, symbols and, like, you know, showing simpler chats. Uh, that de- that reminds me a lot of, like, the gesture and message system of Bloodborne. And I, I yeah, really that's... love the way that game does online. Because it's... There's a there's that basic level of interaction that just allows people to come together, have little spats, and like all the toxicity. I've never I've been like able to get have angry and intense bouts with people, but I've never felt like there's like an element of it that's like super venomous, you know? Like the way yeah, that I, is set up is so great and I love it so much. Yeah, the the way they did do interaction in the Souls games and Bloodborne, I guess, um is is really solid in terms of of sort of fostering like, partly like fostering a community and partly like um do it sort of like keeping people from directly going after each other i think like mm-hmm. you can have rivalries with people but because of the way the game works you're not really gonna have like like you'll never have more than like fleeting interactions with most people you run into and I think that that really helps. Like like when you play Journey, you have fleeting interactions with random people, and at the end of it, they tell you the names of all the people, and I forget. But there's like a really funny comic where somebody was playing Journey, and they and they had a journey with this one person that sort of followed them almost all the way through the game. And they they finished the game, and they're looking over all the different symbols and how they relate to the people that they were playing with. And the one person who played with them for like most of the game. Um, was like Nazi lover with some numbers at the end of it. Uh, <laughs> a little immersion breaking. A little immersion breaking. And they were like, "Oh, I had a beautiful interaction with this person, but oh no." <laughs> and I think, again, it like when you when you make it much more when you when you make interaction between players much more symbolic or sort of like you restrain what they can say to each other. I think that that fosters a sense of of community between people. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think it's because those restrictions 
usually you know are specific to the game itself and so you're interacting with them um based on the the on the basis of your love of the game with that person so rather then do than... you do you err on the side of having more tools set up to sort of limit that interaction so that it can be a better type of interaction like are you supportive think, of that well i think there's certain games like say like like competitive games you need to have open communication because people need to be able to talk to each other mm-hmm. um like like overwatch would not work competitively if people could not communicate i, I well, think I mean, like, certain, like games that are mostly like say single player games like uh, the, the sort of this like the there's one social feature in Persona Five where you can look and see what people did that day. I think that's a really cool social oh, feature. Did uh four have um, that one as well, right? Four did know, not I have, have that. I didn't even no, consider no, that. Eight four Golden totally had that. Oh, Golden did. I, I didn't. I did not. Yeah, have that. Uh, Golden had the system where, and I and from what Zach says, it sounds like the same. Where you can just go check what people did on a certain day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can also check to see what people answered for the fucking quizzes. Is that oh, thank not God, little... I always get those wrong. I know, right? Like, I guess I'm thinking of like 3ds, like past systems, like, and you're saying like they can see how you've been playing, like. No, no they can't look at any at individual player. They just give you percentages. Oh, okay, that's kind of cool. They, yeah, yeah, they it's collect like, everybody. <laughs> Drew, do you play, you play the Telltale games, yeah, where at the very end, it'd be like, hey, fifty percent of the people did mm-hmm. this. It's kind of like that of like, hey, 50% of the people answered this way on this question, uh, so maybe you should do that too. Yeah. I, I actually really love that reveal at the end of every episode where it's just like, oh god, how did my decisions stack up? Who, d- who did what? What could I have done better? Um, it's, always, it's just yeah. kind of interesting to see like what routes I took. Um, that and with Life is Strange, they do the same thing, which I need yeah. to play. Yeah. I, I also need to play it, but oh boy, howdy, there's Persona 5. You yeah. are, that makes a lot of sense. Adam, do you but have like, any... Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. It, it, <laughs> I was I was going to ask you to speak, so just go ahead and speak. Oh, I was going to say, because I, I, I got the feeling we were talking about, like, you know, like, mechanisms in games for, like, social behavior stuff. Indeed, yeah. indeed. To, to pull the veil, boy, is my computer being <laughs> weird today, so I've been... I've been listening, but like, I have words to say, but no one will hear them. <laughs> say your oh, no. words, say uh, them now. I don't know if it was brought up. Did you guys already talk about like League of Legends is a tribunal no, system and we all did that? Not. No, we haven't. Uh, I know so, very little about this it. This is a bit. This is a bit different than like you know, Persona stuff is like, hey, this is a single player game, but we pulled the numbers so you can kind of get a better idea. Uh, I always thought it was interesting that League of Legends had this thing. I think they still have it. Uh, they either still have it or they had it in the past where basically whenever they would get a report about, uh, hey, this person was maybe a toxic player or played poorly or something, it actually would go to a group of people in the community. And I think there was like five or so people that would sit on this thing uh, for each report and they would kind of give a verdict of whether they think, hey, this is, you know, this person is seems to be having bad behavior versus good behavior. Uh, I thought that was always a really cool idea because then it kind of lets the community kind of navigate what they want to see in it. I, I don't know how cool. well it actually... I don't know how if it ever actually uh, amounted to anything because I, I don't know how many people actually took it seriously. How is the tribunal picked? Like, how do they choose? Uh, it was more just a process you would sign up for. So you would just sign uh-huh. up to review cases and you and four of the people would vote on it. It wasn't like there was... You didn't get, like picked to be on it when i when i had done it a couple times and you could just sign up if you had spare time to look through them it was kind of like 
It was being their customer service, basically. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I have some friends who play League of Legends so far. As I can tell, it didn't really affect things very much. Oh, that's I, a shame. I, I honestly wouldn't think it would because it's not something they really uh, – it wasn't a forward-facing thing. It was more of like a – if you happen to be online in the forums, you might run into it kind of deal. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like mechanisms to encourage social behaviors, you know, it's like I don't really know if there are many beyond that one. I can't really think of many mechanisms unless you guys have already said stuff. Did you that do that? Because it's about like it's kind of like this is the people interacting, and this is just the community that that happens in. That's kind of why a lot of games when they were when online was starting always had this warning of. This game is rated for its solo, solo content. The interactions online are not rated because mm-hmm. they really have no way of controlling that. Yeah. Right. So, so actually, so what me and Drew talked about for a while is the the way the Souls games and the way like Journey um, sort of limits the ways in which you communicate, and that fosters sort of like engenders a, a deeper sort of level of connection, and it sort of it fosters cooperation. Um, via the restriction of what language you can use. Yeah, Journey. I, I, I also think it, it's pretty explicit on the per. Like, how do I put this? Journey is pretty explicitly like, hey, you happen to end up with somebody. Why not help them? There, I don't think there's really anything you can do to antagonize people in Journey. Yeah, and, and that's and, and, a really deliberate thing. Like they, yeah. they went. They went out of their way to make sure there was no, like, competition between you and that person, that there was no, like, shit-talking between you and that person. Like, they went through a lot of iterations on that system, like, ripping away bits of interaction because it could potentially result in, like, a really bad scenario between, like, a 12-year-old kid and, like, some angsty, like, 50-year-old guy. Yeah. Um, Whereas, uh, but in the Soul series, you know, uh, the interaction... You choose what kind of interaction you want to have with this person because you can either put your summon sign down to summon people and that's already pretty explicit. Like, hey, you got like they had to summon you, you had to choose to get summoned, and now you guys chose to be cooperative versus like invasions where it's like, uh, I want to invade because I'm going to antagonize them. And people mm-hmm. who are playing that know like, hey, I'm human or enkindled or got pockets full of cash money. <laughs> And I'm gonna get invaded. What's the what's the got pockets full of cash money symbol? I don't quite understand. Oh, fucking, that one. You seem to always get invaded when you have like lots of souls on you. It's like Oh yeah. Boy, I just finished this boss. Sure hope nobody jumps me as I'm walking home. Uh, oh they did. I see. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm trying to think. It definitely does depend on what kind of interaction. Maybe that a lot more mechanics in games are like they seem to be you choose what kind of interaction you want to have with other people instead of, you know, like an MMO, there's like the free chat and that's free game for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's widely understood, I think. But you can like blacklist people. You can friend people if you want and, you know, be like, hey, I want to chat with you. There's a lot more. I feel like games are, as games have become more online, they give you more choices to filter out the kind of interactions you don't want because they want you to keep playing. Yeah, as opposed yeah. to in the early days where it was like, uh, if you walk in here, you're gonna like run into people you may not want to deal with, and that yeah. still happens. But I find it happens less. At least that's been my experience. I I don't. I think I briefly overheard you saying, Drew, that you don't run into as many trolls on Overwatch. I don't either, and I think that's just because it's like 
I think it's something developers are more conscious of. Like yeah. they they've probably over over the years gotten enough complaints and maybe enough lawsuits that they have to directly address it as opposed to just going off with, well, you know, it's online, anything can happen, we don't have any responsibility. And true, I, true. I'm inclined to say that's a good thing. You know, like I think there is an argument to be made about like, you know, why are you taking control away from players? Why are you taking control away from people? But if you're trying to create like I don't know. I enjoy I enjoy a lot of the systems that have I don't know, like again, I already talked about Bloodborne. I really enjoy the way that that works and that takes a lot of interaction away from me that I would have had if this was a game that was maybe older. And I think of it like that. Well, I think it's also because game developers want their communities to feel more organic and they don't want you know, it is a huge investment for any company and when games are so expensive, they maybe can't afford it to actually be monitoring their community 100% of the time. Oh, yeah, totally. Ver so it's much easier to be like, okay, we'll give you the tools in a one, you know, drop thing of, you know, this is a one-time thing. If we're going to give you the tools to, like, filter out the uh, interactions you want instead of saying free-for-all and we deal with it. Like, mm -hmm. we'll give you the tools that you can do with that. And it makes it feel like, hey, this is the community that kind of came together these are the this is the way people behave because that's just who they are kind of thing versus mm -hmm. I'm behaving this way because I don't want to get like fan hammered or something. Yeah. Yeah. All right guys, we are at an hour and 45 minutes. Uh what do you say we go into some pour outs and wrap this sucker up? All right. I'm going to give a pour out to Drew who is going to have to sit here and deal with this audio bullshit that my computer oh, has decided to hand him. Uh I, I I accept your pour out, Adam. I, I give a pour out to you and the conversation that you tried to have with us by Thunder, and we're going to find a way to work it in there. Yeah, we're going to it will happen. Also, what was it? there was another pour out. Yo, pour out to all damn Easter bunnies I ate. Uh, you were delicious. <laughs> pour some out for Easter bunnies. All right. Um, I'm going to give... I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a pour out to um, all my online friends. You guys are cool, and I, I this is just an excuse to say you guys are cool. Aww. Aww. I have one final pour out in that vein. I'd like to pour a couple out for all my peeps that I didn't get to eat this year because I didn't get to have any peeps for Easter, and that's oh, my favorite. God Easter. Oh, thank God! God. I thought you meant like your <laughs> online peeps, so like Jesus Christ, Drew's a cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no. Jesus! I don't know if I can handle the knowledge that Drew is a cannibal. I feel like I need to learn something. Zach, hit me with a lesson of the day, so I may learn that Drew isn't a cannibal. Well then, hey there, everybody! It's time now for the lesson of the day. Today's lesson is: do not feed the troll. And that's the lesson of the day. Thanks, everybody. Thank, Thank you, Zach. you Zach. I won't feed the I won't feed the troll that is Drew the people I know because he's not a cannibal. Uh. <laughs> okay, we gotta end uh. before my internet dies again. Listener, thank you so much. Um, always good to have you have us do stuff. That was a terrible sentence, but yeah. <laughs> and we'll see you online, listener, wherever oh, you may be. If you have any feedback for us, please shoot us a message at teamnitwick at gmail.com. That's team, N-I-T-W-I-C, at gmail.com. Uh, this week's music was done by uh, the wonderful Pro Leader. And Ooh. 
Drew, did you did you did you spell it right this time? I he did. He did. Uh, and on that note, we're leaving before anything bad happens. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Farewell. Farewell. <laughs>